from the garden? Yeah, it was delicious. No, no, no. Mustn't do that. Forbidden fruit. Oh, God, sorry. I, 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 I'm joking. Oh. Welcome back to the Bean Dub Podcast. Copyright me. My name is Bean Dirt or Seth, and with me, as always, is Laura and <clears throat> Lord Blubberton the Third, Duke of Doritos. <laughs> Alrighty then. What? What the fuck? That one took me all fucking day. I appreciate it. <laughs> it took me all day. <laughs> That's uh, great. Are Doritos a preferred snack of yours? Oh yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which flavor? Uh, recently, the Flamin' Hot Cool Ranch, mm. just because it's a newer flavor. Uh, that sounds amazing. The regular Cool Ranch, though, is definitely still at yeah. the top. That's the classic. Favorites, yeah. Now you can tell a lot about a person. By the Dorito, the Dorito flavor. flavor. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like the classic nacho, too, though. I like to mix it up. That's not too bad. I think ideally is like having both at the same time. Like you have a ranch and then you have a nacho. A ranch and a nacho. Like mix it up. Oh, you're a masochist. (laughs) 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 Shit. (laughs) Just like different Uh, flavors of Doritos. (laughs) I I don't understand. I think my favorite is always uh, Cool Ranch is up there, but I think the spicy nacho has been my favorite. Yeah. Uh, It's also really good. Yeah. Uh, it's just a little extra to the nacho cheese. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just thinking about all the chips that I do like. <laughs> We're not going to go down that tangent. Yeah. Uh, as always on this podcast, every single week we cover the works of a director, writer, producer, or actor in the filming business in Hollywood or anywhere. We don't really put a restriction on that. And each month we change up who we are covering this month. We are covering Alex Garland, one of my favorite writers, and he's also dipped his toe in directing in the last nearly 10 years. Ish. 2015. So far, we've covered Ex Machina and Annihilation, both very good movies that land very high at the list of my favorite movies. They're, they're both movies that I love to go back and rewatch, and they have incredible rewatchability. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very sciencey. Mm. Yeah, science, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> <laughs> there are both movies I really was looking forward to watching. Like, really excited to see, but just took forever to actually get around to watching them. And I was really happy that they were good because you know sometimes like you're excited to see something and it just doesn't. It just disappoints you. Yeah. Yeah, in recent memory, I think one of those movies is uh, Men. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, wait, no, that's what we're covering today. Uh, Also, that was a bit of sarcasm, because I did actually enjoy this movie. I couldn't tell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could have been honest. It's a very polarizing film. Yeah. As far as the reviews are so far, it's right on that... uh, mid-scale spectrum where you either love it or you hate it yeah <sighs> still kind of on the fence I, I i haven't really made my mind up yet yeah well before we get into that 
we're going to go through our weeks as we always do. Uh, how has everybody's weeks been? Pretty good. Got kind of lazy on the cooking recently. I think I have like I only have like three meals prepped well, and ready to go. Getting ready to leave though. Well, yeah, yeah, but I made the mistake of getting things ready to cook and then just haven't done it yet. You didn't do that on Wednesday? I prepped some stuff, and then I just didn't cook. What I have prepped isn't going to take long to cook. I just got all lazy on Wednesday. Yeah, well, we all got those days. You didn't do anything else? I thought about getting an oil change, (laughs) and then said, nah, I'm high. I'm just chill. There was significant consideration. So, so that's what I did. I actually did, like, called a couple places and got some, some prices and some time lengths. That's good. And then smoked another bowl. And <laughs> <laughs> just said, fuck it. Uh, I mean, I usually just go to Peanut Butter Loop, but apparently my... <laughs> the company I work for start is wanting me to start going to Firestone because... Peanut butter lube fucks you over. What the fuck is peanut butter lube? Jiffy lube? Jiffy. Jiffy. Wow. <laughs> Stupid. Got it. That's funny. God. I got it. But I mean, I knew I, he <sighs> he has to go to Jiffy. I can't believe I didn't get that, though. No, that's but funny. You fucked up, bud. Firestone is always packed. I know. They, that's why I don't want to go you, there. <laughs> you can't do it during, like, you have to drop it off. Like, you have to do it. Yeah, that's why I don't want to go there. Yeah, at least Jiffy Lube, it might take a while, but it takes forever. Any t- every time you've had to go to Firestone. Well, anyway. Uh, weeks. Nothing too exciting for me, as usual. Fantastic. I, I took yes. two days off again. Yes. Which doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Do it while you can. Exactly. Do it while you can. <laughs> yeah. I've just been trying to get things straightened out at home. Well, my week has been decent. Laura and I are on meals. For the most part, we're getting a subscription meal thing. I think we're going to check out a new one soon. What are we on? Green Chef? Yep. Not a sponsor. No, not a, none of these are sponsors. Yes. We're not. We're literally not sponsored by anything. So, <laughs> so we're just going to experiment with the subscription programs for those. But they're healthier meals than what we normally, and we don't have to get as much for groceries. So that's nice. Yeah. We just keep a, a little bit of fruit and like snacks if we need them because it only covers dinners really. Right. Yeah. So we have to be prepared to make our lunches and breakfast. <clears throat> breakfast. Other than that, just work. We've been watching a few other Alex Garland things. Laura and I are working through Devs, which, which is, is a really, really good. good show. Did we watch any more? We started watching 28 Days Later. Oh, yeah, yeah, we didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. but I, I mean, I've seen it before. Yeah. Uh, did we watch anything else from Alex Garland? I don't think we did. I don't think so. But uh, for Seth's audiobooks, I got through the beach. It's um, a lot more captivating than the movie is. As I went through last week. So, not much more to say about that. It's a good book if you enjoy books. (laughs) Well, other than that, it took me so long to get through the beach, obviously, because I've been, once again, following Emily D. Baker's commentary of the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trials. I'm captivated. It's really interesting, especially with her talking. Um, Anytime there's an actual person on the witness stand, it's incredibly interesting and usually has certain moments of excitement. Ugh, there's so many fucking video depositions for Amber Heard's side, though. It's like nothing coming out of it. No. She, I don't know how her team keeps fucking themselves over and over again. It was (laughs) 
Amber Heard's trial to win because it's so much easier to swerve a defamation lawsuit than it is to win one. It's such a hard lawsuit to make mm-hmm. and to actually win because right. you have to prove so much. Is she maybe doing all this on purpose? Why Just would to she do this on purpose? Fucking insanity at the end? Yeah. I don't know if you can plead insanity. He's suing her. He's not, like, prosecuting her. She's not yeah. getting charged with something. You, you can't plead insanity for yeah. making a, an op-ed, but it gets really good. I mean, the way I see it going is that just nobody's going to win. Nobody's getting any money. Yeah. It's going to be a, a loss at best for both of them, but yeah, Johnny Depp will eventually start getting roles again because everybody has forgiven him and he has a good name in the industry now after four or five years of being blacklisted. And then I don't really care what Amber, Amber Turd does, but hopefully they can go, both get back to like their lives and stop being abusive cunts. Yeah, well. I mean, the shit that Johnny Depp did was toxic too. And he needs to get through his fucking jealousy problems. Don't date hot models and actresses if you're that insecure. Yeah. <laughs> Like, you're just going to constantly think they're cheating on you. And a bisexual one. Because, I mean, she's... Then you're worried about both genders. You can't have her near anybody. It's 100% worry. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, that was my week. Great job. (sighs) So, are you guys ready to talk about... Yes. This is nothing like that. <laughs> this is nothing like Two and a Half Men? No, it's not. Do you think Two and a Half Men is a sequel to this movie? No. <laughs> Maybe in some really twisted alternate universe. <laughs> uh, oh, God. So, there's not a lot we can talk about this movie without spoiling yeah. very much, but just general opinions... Before we start spoiling it, what do we think? Still kind of on the fence. I'm confused. I enjoyed the concept, but yeah, there there was some stuff in there that I still can't quite wrap my head around. Um, seven. Yes. Well, I... <laughs> Are you going to look at me? I quite nope. enjoyed the movie for most of it. That's um, fair, yeah. It is... Absolutely gorgeous as all of Alex Garland's movies go. Yes, the cinematography was expertly done. Yeah, Mm. and without all the bright colors as Annihilation. Yeah, without like the conformity and like uniqueness and postmodernism of uh, Ex Machina. So there's been a different style to every single one of his movies, but they're all fucking gorgeous. Yeah. I think I'd still say Annihilation is the best looking, but... I, I would agree with that. Yeah. This is definitely a venture in a different territory than what anybody is used to with Alex Garland. Oh, yeah. He's taking quite the opposite path. I, I can say for sure that for Ex Machina and Annihilation, there are horror elements more so in Annihilation than Ex Machina, but this is more of a straightforward horror movie. Yeah. And in that, I liked it. But also, it's A24, so have expectations. No A24 movie is absolutely easily consumable by the the general public. <laughs> yeah. And that's about as much as I can say without spoiling anymore. Oh, do we have any fun facts 
before we break into this? I didn't this didn't time. Okay. Um, All right. Well, let's read the synopsis and we can get right into spoiling the shit out of this. A young woman goes on a solo vacation to the English countryside following the death of her ex-husband. That is so vague compared <laughs> to what happened in the fucking movie. I mean, that's like the first five minutes of the movie. So... We'll get a bunch of that during the podcast. You can thank Laura for suggesting that. Well, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. That's okay. It's just... That sequence alone, the tunnel sequence is pretty fucking tense. Yeah. In spoiler-free territory... Now what do you have to say about... Men, 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 men. Thanks, Bella. <laughs> So up until the last 10, 15 minutes, were you intrigued and interested by this movie? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I very much enjoyed it up until... Uh, what the <laughs> fuck happened? Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> I mean, I can just get right into the plot summary that I wrote down, all the notes that I made. Yeah. I don't see just jumping right into the most memorable part of the movie. It'd be wrong yeah. to do that for this one. I mean, again, if you haven't seen this movie, I think I'm a little late to saying this at this point. If you haven't seen this movie, it's in theaters as we're recording right now. Check it out. Don't listen to this podcast. There's definitely a part that... I mean, there's several things that will spoil along the way, but there's definitely one... There's a climax You You need to movie. see it before you hear. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just go watch. It's a high recommendation from all of us at the Bean Dub Podcast. So... Harper, played by Jessie Buckley, who's uh, the first thing that I've ever seen her in, heads for a secluded estate in England after the recent violent departure of her husband, which is pretty much exactly what you just read. Uh, When she arrives, she grabs an apple from the garden and consumed it while she heads for the front door and knocks. She's given a tour of the building by Joffrey, played by Rory Kinnear. I say Joffrey, and that's like how it was spelled and said in Game of Thrones, but I think it's just Jeffrey. Jeffrey, yeah. Joffrey. Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey asks Harper where Hubby is. She said she hasn't changed the missus or the surname yet, but alluded to the fact that they were no longer together, mm-hmm. probably assuming that she was divorced, not a widow. Yeah. Right. Which she brought up later when she talked to her friend. Yeah. After he leaves, Harper FaceTime calls her friend, mentioning she's nervous and that the owner mentioned James, but not specifically. Only shortly after the connection cuts out and she loses her friend. I just got shit Wi-Fi there, I guess. England has garbage connections. In a flashback, Harper is discussing divorce with James, played by... Does he have a difficulty? <laughs> a little bit. I heard him say it. I think it's Papa Esidu. I don't know. He has an English accent, so I don't even know how I would say it in an American accent. Huh. I heard someone wow. introduce him before, and they just <laughs> and they just called him Papa. Okay. Yeah. But it's two A's. I assume it's like Papa. I love it when you call me Big Papa. Papa. <laughs> James, who says he'll commit suicide if she leaves him, and she'll have to live with it. Well, that's really fucked up, though. For real. Manipulative son of a bitch. That's such. Toxic gaslight and bullshit. Uh, Harper decides to walk her pale ass along the hiking trail <laughs> around the estate she's staying at. She encounters an elusive tunnel where she plays the echo game, 
but gets spooked when a child at the other end of the tunnel wants to play too. The scream. The scream from the kid as it started chasing her was just like, ew. Looking for games on her phone. <laughs> Harper runs but comes across the same tunnel that's been closed off with a door entering it. She decides, nah, fuck that shit, and climbs to the side and over the tunnel. I don't know the significance about that part. That was never... Did she ever cross the tunnel again? I. She came up to the tunnel and it was like closed off. Yeah, it was closed off with like a door. Yeah, but there it. was no door before. It was I, just wide open. I don't yeah. think she, she didn't go back to it unless there was... It was just another tunnel exactly the same, but like close on. Maybe. Yeah. Entrances into the multiverse. When she, <laughs> when she initially came down that path she was walking on and hit the old railroad tracks, she went left. And then after the kid ran her out of the tunnel, she was going right. She passed it. She okay. passed that thing that would have led her back up the hill to the original path. Okay. So it was another part of the same track, but it was a different tunnel. I didn't notice one. I thought she'd just like somehow come back to the same tunnel, but it was blocked off again. No, it was uh, the original shot of her going down that well, that, that hill that I mean, had the steps on it. There was one shot that was like top of the hill down to the tracks. Yeah. That when she came back across, you could see her walk past that little path, kind of like look around, and then she just kept going down the tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes more logical sense, but it no longer holds like a terrifying impact. Just that she was running away from a child. Yeah, and like ran into a dead end. Yeah. And had nowhere else to go except for. Then she climbed the hill. (laughs) Steep ass embankment, too. Well, you can do it. I would fall in. Well, I mean, she was grabbing onto. Yeah, there was lots of of trees and plants and shit, yeah. Grab the leaves. Probably go for the branches. (laughs) Leaves. (laughs) Always the leaves. It's the most stable part. Yeah. (laughs) This is common knowledge. Harper comes across a few abandoned buildings and crosses over a small wire fence into a pasture where she appears to be followed by a weird naked man. She continues to briskly walk away from Mr. McDickswangen. <laughs> nice. I don't know what the abandoned buildings were. I don't know if that was a reference to anything. I'm, sh- I'm assuming oh, no. anywhere she goes or anything in this movie is a reference to something yeah. or an Easter egg because it's Alex Garland. Yeah. So, but I have not figured that one out yet. Maybe it was like Ugh. similar to the setup of her apartment. Mm, no, it didn't look like that. They just look like two old, decrepit buildings. Yeah, very much overgrown with wildlife, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Trees. Plant life. <laughs> the greens. Existing foliage. I like that. <laughs> Existing foliage. Yeah. And, well, she didn't inspect or go anywhere near the building, really. She just, like, saw them. She was like, huh, strange, and then just kept going. Went over the tiny wire fence and yeah, turned around and kept running in the field to take a picture. And then she took the picture and went, "Oh, creepy naked dude." Okay, gotta go. When she's safely back at the estate, she remembers finding her ex-husband's gruesomely broken body on a fence, assumingly below the apartments where they lived. Well, later it's confirmed. So he he fell off. He fell off hard. Slammed his weak little body into a fence and died. 
How dare you fall several stories and obtain multiple injuries and die, you weak bitch. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? My cat wouldn't do that. (laughs) Fucking loser. (laughs) The next morning, she decides to hop on the piano and start playing it masterfully. Actually, at an earlier point, she said she didn't play piano. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... I wouldn't want to entertain Jeffrey any longer than she had to either. So, <sighs> While doing some at-home work, Harper is stalked by the weird naked dude again. And this movie continues to show so much of this man's dick. Yep. I don't know what if I've seen Rory Kinnear in anything else, but I've definitely seen too much of his dick at this point. Uh, yeah, I've, I've seen enough of him just from this movie. Yeah, That's a lot of nuts! <laughs> so oh. it, it was a lot of bush. My so God! <laughs> A giant bush. Well, what do you mean? The bush is the biggest. It's the best. <laughs> it is the biggest. It's the best. She gets a FaceTime call from a friend again while Mr. I like to feel the breeze of my balls is hanging out in the garden. <laughs> Harper notices and calls the cops, but the nudist sticks his arms through the mail slot, and before it goes any further, time for another flashback. Her very friendly ex, James, takes her phone from her while she's texting a friend, and before she unlocks the phone for him, he punches her right in the schnoz. Yep. Fucking dickwad. I don't like Papa. No. Now the nude man is getting arrested, and Rory's face is everywhere. White people really do look the same. (laughs) All of them. Every single white person looks like Rory Kinnear, and they all have the same dick, too. <laughs> sad, sad world. Bork. It's England. It was cold outside. <laughs> it was always overcast. Th- that's why he had the bush to try to keep it warm. Yeah. Fair enough. Makes sense. Insulation. Honestly, I didn't even notice <laughs> the bush. I was trying to avoid looking it directly in the eye as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Th- All I could mostly see was bush. It was just like, good God. We've been getting to see a lot of dick in movies lately. Fucking A24. For real. A24 <laughs> loves putting dicks so in the So many yeah. penises. Penis. Yeah. That's not that that's not that's the not plural the... for penis. <laughs> penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's, that's true. Vagina wouldn't be vagina. <laughs> Harper enters a small chapel with strange imagery and has another flashback just after she was domestically abused and she kicked the douche sack James out of her life, telling him she doesn't care if he kills himself. Douche sack. While screaming in the pews of the church, she's slowly approached by the reverend, also played by Rory Kinnear. I mean, I should have talked about this before I said that sentence, but she saw him die in that flashback too, right? He like, or no, she explains it to the reverend. But earlier on, she sees him falling down. Yeah. They have like, I don't know what story they're on in their apartment, but. Yeah. It's a few him, like, stories at yeah. least. Yeah. You see him like slow motion falling down while she's looking out at him falling. That was like the, the intro scene. Yeah. Which was quite nice. It was a great opener. So that's, yeah. that's, great a, opener. that's a good precedent. Yeah. Not for what's to come, but I mean... Uh, that scene doesn't prepare you for what's to come. Nothing prepares you for what's to come. <laughs> oh, There's God. literally no way I could have anticipated that shit happening. No, not, so, not even a little bit. 
She leaves without noticing and comes across a young kid wearing a weird blonde woman mask, asking to play hide-and-seek. While I was in the theater, I didn't realize that he had the face of Rory Kinnear as well. Mm-hmm. You didn't I thought realize? I was just a kid. No. I did. Oh, yeah. It's sometimes kind of hard for me to make out details in the theater because I have one eye that works. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. It was obviously a child who was acting in the scene, but they, they CGI'd, CGI'd, CGI'd his yeah. face on. Yeah, I know, because I, I saw it later on when he comes right. into play again. And yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that, yeah, that doesn't look great. Yeah. Uh, the Reverend comes along and scares the kid away, and he talks to Harper about the memories that haunt her. She explains how she kicked James out, and he went to the, their upstairs neighbors in an attempt to climb down to their balcony or just let himself go. Obviously, she didn't know his entire intentions. Which it's hard to say. was honestly, either one of those scenarios was entirely plausible True. in that moment. I just like to think that he slipped because it's just even more to the fact that he's just such a pathetic douche. Well, based on the look on his face when he fell, he was he, w- he was not expecting to have no. fallen. He was scared to be it falling. It wasn't planned. Yeah. 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 After he hit her and then she kicked him out and said she didn't want to see him again. <laughs> he's going to really try to climb down into the balcony to get into the house. He's fucking crazy. But he was, at least the bit that we got to see of him, just very manipulative. Yeah. Here's where the gaslighting comes in. The Reverend suggests that it was her fault for not letting him apologize. And ultimately, she's the reason he died. The fuck is that? The fuck? She should feel guilty for someone who committed suicide. Also, people like that that say they're going to kill themselves. Just get back at you, those are not the people that kill themselves. No. Which is why it makes it more plausible that he, yeah. like, jumped himself. Or, like, he slipped. Yeah. Slipped, yeah. Because he yeah. wouldn't have done it. <laughs> but her reaction to the priest saying that shit to her was just perfect, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just as soon as she realized what he said, she was just taken aback. <laughs> she just looked at him like... Fuck you. She said, fuck off. And then he tries to talk to her again. She said, fuck off. And just left. I was like, done with this conversation. mm -hmm. Took my entire next line. Harper appropriately tells the man to fuck off as she heads for the local bar. Mm -hmm. As you do. At said bar, all the patrons and the bartender are Rory Kinnear. That's a lot of nuts! (laughs) The police officer involved in arresting the naked man enters and informs her that they actually gave the man some clothes and let him go. Oh, mistake. Because he was not a threat. (laughs) He was just a naked man who was threatening to break into her home. Yeah. And was following her all day. That's not a crime. No. Well, except the nudity part. Well... At the very least, that's indecent exposure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like a state-by-state policy here in America. I mean, most states, it's indecent exposure. I think there are still some states where it's, like, allowed. And there's definitely European countries that are fine with nudity. Well, yeah, yeah. Like, public nudity, like, France is fine with it. and uh, In designated areas, but, yeah. You can't just, like, walk around the street... In Paris? In the middle of fucking Paris, just swinging. Right underneath the Eiffel Tower with your Eiffel Tower. <laughs> oh my god. Harper heads back home to get some comfort. 
from her friend, but things turn fucky real fast. Her friend calls her a stupid bitch, <laughs> and she sees the police officer in the garden under the apple tree, where he suddenly disappears. All the apples fall off of the tree, and another man chases her into the house. The apples falling off the tree was a gorgeous shot. Yeah. But ultimately a fucking horrifying scene. Yeah. After arming herself with a kitchen knife, she threatens whoever is entering the house, but it turns out to be Jeffrey. Jeff! Jeff. Jeffrey! My name's Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> he thinks the naked intruder is back, but finds a crow with a broken wing in the kitchen, in which he breaks its neck and she convinces him to check for more danger in the house. Jeffrey heads into the garden to tell the intruders off, but he disappears as soon as the lights go out, and the naked man reappears to blow some dandelion dust in her face and give her a weird, surreal David Lynch nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good old dandelion bukkake. Mm, yes. Ugh. I mean, it was likely his jizz at that point because he was a weird yeah. uh, plant man. He was the green knight at that point. Like cut open his own forehead earlier. Put a leaf and in it. put what looked like an. I'm guessing an oak leaf. They're the strong leaves. <laughs> they go into scalp real easily. Here, take my strong leaf. Oh, <laughs> good God. No. <laughs> you only wanna you only wanna seek out oak leaves when trying to climb up a hill. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Always grab the oak leaves. If they're not available, grab for nettles. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Green man just blasted on her. Yep. Yeah. She sees some weird hypnotic shit and it she's like in front of her front door again. The hand grabs through the mail slot again, but Harper stabs right through his arm. Oh, at some point, she grabbed the kitchen knife, I guess, and... I'm pretty sure she had it the whole yeah, time. Yeah, she did. Okay. She mm -hmm. just went back inside through the doorway, closed yeah. the door, and just still knife in hand the yeah. whole time. Oh, yeah, she, like, stabbed right in between the bones, too. Mm -hmm. Just perfect. She's got good aim. I guess. He pulls his arm all the way back, cutting straight through his arm. Entire forearm and Oof. hand split in half. Which I think anatomically isn't possible, but it was a horrific thing to watch. I think you'd have a really tough time at the wrist. Yeah. Specifically. Yeah. Everything else, if it's splitting bone, yeah, it's just muscle tissue. and Yeah. In yeah. Between. Yeah. But oh. up until that bone comes together. Yeah. Yeah, but that's just cartilage. If you pull yeah. hard enough, it'll go through. But there's actually. Who wants to try it? There's actually bones in the wrist. Though. Yeah. That's rough. It's a very, very vivid scene. He then chases her through the house, shape-shifting and eventually turning back into the reverend, attempting to rape her in the bedroom because of the thoughts she made him think about losing her virginity. He was, like, asking how old she was when she lost her virginity. I mean, like... Yeah. Very creepily described yeah, like you're it. The, yeah. You're the one that's making me think of you with your leg-spread slut ridiculous and this by the way is the most modestly dressed woman of all time yeah <laughs> yeah like, she was she's she was showing in, no skin like a seemingly old-timey kind of like nightgown dress yeah yeah and before that it was a giant oversized <gasps> sweater and pants yeah very modest yeah. yeah and it's not like she has overly large assets that show through 
modest outfits. Distinct features. Yes. Okay. Yeah. The jumbo yabs. <laughs> the jumbo yabs. Uh, she escapes the assault by stabbing him, reliving an escape through the hallway multiple times, and driving away in her car. The end. Can we say that's the end? The yeah. end? Let's say that's the end. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. If, if I could go back and relive that movie, I would call that the end. Well, she ends up hitting Jeffrey, Joffrey, and she stops like an idiot. He pulls her out of the car and drives away himself. Harper attempts to run back after the car turns around and chases her. Once back on the property, Harper encounters the weird naked man who seems to be half foliage and pregnant. <laughs> he gives birth to a small Rory that is also pregnant, and it gives birth to another Rory. Shit is relentless. <laughs> This dude has Jeffrey birthed out of his mid-shoulder pussy, (laughs) who comes out barely able to walk and crying. Harper is about done with this shit and grabs the axe by the fireplace. Feet start emerging from Jeffrey's mouth, and James walks around the corner to flop onto the couch. Harper asks James what he wants from her, and he tells her that he wants her to love him. Uh, Lady Bo Burnham shows up to help, (laughs) just to find Harper hanging out on the stairs twirling a flower. The end? It's Beatrice Burnham. (laughs) Beatrice Burnham. Okay, now, I'm I'm sorry. For, For those who are not going to watch this movie if you haven't already from earlier in the podcast us telling you to just stop and watch the movie if you didn't do that what's the what's the best way to to describe it because i'm pretty sure you purposely kind of glazed over it well that was a lot of notes today like all after it was all happening very quickly the part I glazed over it fast because <laughs> I was making the notes after it happened. I was okay. pretty shocked and yeah, not taking notes. I was for good fucking reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So for those who are not going to watch this, refuse to, or just didn't listen when we said go watch it and made it this far. Yeah, let me just say the having not actually seen a live birth in person. What I would imagine the close up shot of that looking like is what they fucking put on the screen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like 30 times. It wasn't 30 times. It may as well have been. <laughs> it was four times, but it was graphically close. Yeah. It showed essentially what I, a, I mean, it was obviously CG. What a crowning full grown man would look like coming from a person, just a normal vagina. Yeah. You're, you're welcome for that imagery. It was on other Rory Kinnears. So is that pussy. Rory Canussi. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it. Fantastic. But th- it was it was it was almost too much to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Laura was closing her eyes. Yeah. I was getting Just... pretty uncomfortable. I was at a certain point I was like Okay, we get it. Yeah, I was like, this is pretty excessive at this point. Like, I didn't think Alice Garland was going to pull something like this in the first place. And then after, like, (laughs) the fourth person giving birth, I was like, dude. Beating a dead horse right now. Yeah, we we don't need this much, man. That that thing is just pulp (laughs) on the ground at this point. Just, we get it, yeah. Yeah, as an expert at killing jokes, like, 
we need to mm-hmm. move on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get the point with the first birth that, like, these guys are, are birthing into different characters that she yeah. encounters. Fine, whatever. They have like, the weird molting process where they crown each other's vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's a molting process. <laughs> I'm well aware I work for pest control. I, I must know. shed my skin, let us rub. But jobs. that's essentially what was happening because the old <laughs> one didn't stay alive. The old one was essentially like a shell of the last person, mm-hmm. which is molting. So, Yeah, ki- killing a joke, usually you got three and then you're dead. Yeah. Three's pretty much the standard limit. And when you're that. pulling something that graphic. <sighs> yeah, you got maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can kind of just. Yeah, I think imply two would have been. There. Yeah. Two would have been... Two was more than enough. Shock value at a certain point is too much. Yeah, the first one for the shock, which, yes, was very successful. The second one to drive it home, this is what's happening. And then the third, if you had to go there, you could kind of just imply that it was happening. You didn't have to show it again. And then again. As best... We didn't much. need as many graphic close-ups as we had of the yeah. crownings. Yeah, the one shot of it would have been fine, and then, sure, it can happen again, but yeah. from a distance. like we didn't. Yeah. Even for me, it was pretty excessive, but it was shocking. Yeah. I've seen a lot yeah. of graphic shit, and I've been shocked by a lot of shit. That's the first time I've seen anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in just a straight-up rated R movie. Yeah. Yeah. The R is allowing a lot more than it used to. Oh, yeah. This was fairly unrealistic, but you're well aware if you've seen anything like that before, you know what's happening, and it's fucking gross. I'm not a doctor who deals with birthing patients, and I'm not akin to enjoying that kind of thing, so. Right. Alex Garland has revealed to us his weird fetish. Gross. (laughs) He's got a crowning king. Oh, God. I was going to say a birthing fetish, but it's specifically crowning king. I just like the alliteration there. You like to wear crowns? Not what that means. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Could you imagine that being like a first date conversation? So I've got a crowning king. Oh, you, you like watching people having put crowns on their head? That's not what it is. Ugh. Pull a Harper and say, fuck off and run. Yes. I can show you the world. <laughs> what? No! Magic splendor of crowning. Oh. <laughs> you ever seen one in between two shoulder blades? <laughs> That's your mistake. I'm into that shit. <laughs> That's when I was covering my eyes. I couldn't watch that anymore. Yeah, it was it was one for normal position. The one where he first got into the house was like in between the shoulder blades. That was the third. third. Yeah. The second one I can't remember exactly. That was just another like normal one. Yeah. Okay. And the last one was it was it actually the mouth or was it like forehead? I can't remember specifically. There was no vagina in the third one. It was like the feet coming out of his mouth. Okay. Yeah, out of the mouth. He's like one of those nesting dolls, but everybody was the same size. This is the depraved nesting doll. I don't know where that 
that idea would come from. This Hope, is hopefully a nightmare he had when he was writing it. I, don't I know. mean, yeah, Ugh. I think that's the best explanation for it. So Alex Garland is very interested in like science fiction, obviously. Yeah, um, it's a huge component, and he's a very good writer. Never seen anything like this before. I think the closest resemblance would be like Twenty Eight Days Later, because he wrote that movie, but. It doesn't do anything like this. Most of it's fairly expected. The most fucked up parts of that movie is just the depravity of people after an apocalypse happens. Of course. But this is a totally different spectrum. I've seen movies try to take like a shocking ending. But usually there's something leading up to that. Yeah. There was literally no... There was no tell. Well... There was no giveaway, really. I can't say that, though. There was one. What? Hmm. It was the stone in the chapel. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. I was still confused about that. There's got to be some some story somewhere. Probably some kind of religious story just because it was in a church. And I've done very little research because I wanted to, for one thing, any speculation on this movie is incredibly hard to find. Right. Just released and... It's going to take several viewings, I'm assuming, for people to really get the imagery and and deeper meanings behind the movie. But the sculpting on that rock was biblical. It was like an ancient nature god on the front, which is essentially what the naked dude turned into. Yeah. The green man. He was like a, a nature god and like the symbol for masculinity. And the one on the back was like the picture of it kind of you know, like drawings of, of like the women with the obscenely large like vulva in the front and right obviously for like a fertility like thing fertility, fertility, yeah, fertility. or something yeah yeah but if that's the case that raises more questions that I mean you can say as much as you want about any Alex Garland movie but at least they do make you continue to consider possibilities and deeper meanings of the movies yeah yeah regardless of absurd shock value of the last 10 minutes of this movie right right (laughs) that seems completely out of nowhere and out of character for alex garland ex machina didn't have anything that shocking neither did annihilation no yeah i'd say the closest comparison would be the bear scene from annihilation yeah but yeah, that's not not even close. No, that, yeah, that that wasn't shock just to shock though. Like yeah. that. Well, I don't know if this was shock just to shock either. I'm sure yeah, there's a reason that he true. involved this sequence. It just the initial impression was just for me fuck? shock for shock's sake. It's just that the scene could have been done in a more reasonable manner. Yeah, yeah. without so many close-ups of crowning. Heads in vaginas. Vagina. (laughs) To be honest, it's going to be the main deterrent for me watching the movie again. Yeah. And I'll definitely watch the movie again. I'm a huge fan of Alex Garland, and this hasn't changed my opinion. And I still think overall I like the movie, but it's just too... That part's still going to be really hard to watch. I don't know why you push the limit so hard on that. You can make a horror movie without shock value. The tension is the best thing for me. And throughout the entire movie, there was heavy tension. Oh, yeah. Like, I was was feeling it through the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Very much uneasy and uncomfortable. Yeah. 
through the especially whole thing. since every single character was and I don't I guess I didn't understand really what he was getting at to make every single man played by the same character maybe it's that all men are the same or that maybe it's a societal the underlying or whatever of misogyny yeah which yeah I'm I'm sure that I know misogyny is a huge part of the movie and and toxic masculinity because every single male character that she interacts with has some kind of toxic trait her ex-husband, obviously a huge douche sack. Yeah. Douche Doucher supreme. Threatening to kill himself if she left him. Yeah. In which she'd be miserable either way. And then placing and, the blame on her. Yeah, so that she can feel the guilt of his death. God. Horrible. So fucked up. Yeah. Horrible thing Fucking to do. terrible. And just the manipulation of everybody else. Jeffrey is essentially the white knight, the incel of the fucking group. who else the kid essentially only wanted to play with her and that's i mean it's a selfish reason all you want to do is to entertain himself right and then when she wouldn't do it she's the bitch yeah the reverend i'm assuming was some kind of statement towards political or not political um religious reservations how you get all pent up because every religion is against having sex before marriage or having sex in general is like a depraved thing apparently unless you're trying to so you have all this like repressed sexual like energy that just makes him use any excuse to like punish her for him being sexually attracted to her and having urges there's just certain things that you can definitely point out. I think Alex Garland just took an idea of toxic male traits. Right. I don't think they're specifically gender equivalent. I think that any person in general can be toxic. Right. For sure. I mean, Amber Heard is a person, so. Is she, though? It's <laughs> uh. <laughs> debatable. Court is so far still out on that one. But everybody can be toxic. Everybody has the potential to be, but I think these Absolutely. were mainly male-derived. Historically, that's where that kind of behavior has been seen predominantly. Yeah. That's fair. The majority of rape is initiated by men, mm-hmm. and those thoughts, I'm I'm sure, for rapists is pretty active. Probably in along their head. the lines of what he actually said in the scene, too. You did this to me. You yeah. put those images in my head. That's why I did this. Yeah. It's just a self-report on his part. <laughs> Again, throwing the blame, though. Yep. Exactly. Not taking responsibility for those actual thoughts and processing them in a healthy way. Yeah. yeah. Wrong. Just wanted to mention, during that scene with his split arm, putting it uh, on both uh, of his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> so gross. Oh. I mean, some of the special effects in this movie are really convincing. Really fucked. good, yeah. But then, like, the vagina and the weird kid's faces. Uh, eh. They saved some of the budget for specific things. <laughs> it was kind of cut corners. Well, the, the cast was... I think you said it was three people. It ended up being four because of the friend. But there's, that was still a, there's still a few more. I think the full cast is about six or seven people. There, uh, there, there were two other women besides Harper. Oh, right. In this. And that was her friend and then the, the lady cop. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Ooh, now that I think about it, the lady cop was the only one. Nope, it was only the women uh-huh. that actually understood or tried to understand what she was going through. 
Yeah. And could empathize and sympathize with her. Yeah. It's a... Fuck. A very feminist movie, I would say. And I mean, with the title Men, what were you expecting? Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's kind of what it was obviously going to go for yeah. from the start. May as well just throw a completely different tone to that and just... Ugh, men. <laughs> I think it's, Shit's I think it's a lot more than just ugh. Because this is like the gross horrific version of men. Yeah. yeah. This is the extremes of men. And I'm not saying uh, there's any uh, lack of these types of fucking men out there. I'm sure they're all over the fucking place. Yeah. Stereotypes exist for a reason. I think as far as that goes, and I'm sure there's underlying deeper meanings to the movie, but just seeing this movie yesterday and talking about it today, I think that's the main point that I get out of this. Right. Is that it's very much a feminist movie. It's about uh, male toxic traits and the effect they have on women. Explaining the ending, I don't fucking know. (laughs) Just, Just that maybe male toxic traits are birthed from... Other men, yeah, they're kind of taught, I guess. Right, maybe. I don't know. Carries the, on through the, the accumulation. Yeah, absolutely, the accumulation of all these toxic men ended up turning into her ex-husband at the end, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So he was like the ultimate. Yeah. He was the gig- giga douche. Giga douche. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> so, in conclusion, men, 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 do. I mean, I'll be completely honest that I am a man, if you can tell by my voice, and I do see these traits in a lot of men, and it's very unfortunate, and it just keeps getting more and more apparent. Yeah. Um, And it's, at this point, on a political spectrum, but I don't know if that's the same for England. I'm sure... Alex Garland sees that he's English, but American politics specifically, there's one side that are really, yeah, they're like roided chimpanzees and the rest of us are reasonable. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't land on any political side. I hate both of them. I hate all politics. (laughs) Like, I don't give a fuck, but I see the dumb manipulation that so many people just fall for on each side. Oh yeah. And it's, And the worst part is the people who fall for that stuff, even if you try to explain it with logic, they're still so emotionally passionate about that shit Yeah, that they almost knowingly just overlook the logic of it. It's like they're brainwashed. Yeah, it it really is. That's essentially what they are. Yeah. Yeah, the the alpha male toxicity just pisses me off so much, and I could go down a rabbit hole talking about it. It's just so (laughs) fucking annoying to me. Especially since... At this point in time, Jesus Christ, we're already regressing, like, so just fuck it, you know? That whole, like, alpha and beta thing, too, was actually disproven. Yeah, it's... It, by the guy who... Who made that... Initially discovered... From a pack of wolves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he renounced his own research, <laughs> saying that, yeah, I was wrong. I was really fucking wrong about this, but... There's no such thing as alphas in wildlife, and no, there's no such thing as alphas in human life either. No, I don't know. I think this this movie came at an appropriate time. It does bring up, in my opinion, the the conversation, which is good. But also, if that's the talking point he wanted people to focus on after the movie, you missed it. <laughs> yep, you, you put too much effort into the shock of the final scene. Yeah. yeah. And that's all people are going to talk about. 
Yeah. You know, the, there was a group of people behind us when we went to the theater. Mm-hmm. And they were like, that wasn't even scary. That wasn't scary. That no wasn't way. a horror movie. That wasn't even, that wasn't even scared. I think one of them mentioned A24, too, to explain away, like, what happened. Yeah. Which, understandable. But yeah. also, it's Alex Garland, and clearly they didn't do their research, but... Yeah, sure. Whatever. They're dumbass kids going to a movie that's supposed to be like a brand new horror movie. Which they talked through at least half of the movie. Yeah. Our theater going experiences are usually very good. And I'd still say this one was very good. It just Yeah, this was one of those like weird outliers though. One more thing that I wanted to bring up as a talking point, I think we've gotten through most of it, was the evolution of the rating system, especially in like the last few years. <laughs> because yeah. I'll be honest, I've seen some of the most fucked up movies in general audience movie theaters. I'm not going to like a, a special theater to watch these movies and I've no. seen we've seen this. We've seen Titan. Yeah. We've seen a lot of really fucked up things in theaters, and there's a lot that's being allowed for our ratings that would not have gone over so well, like, only ten years ago. Yeah, well, I and I... Sorry, go ahead. I would say that's probably highly thanks to the internet, because everything's out there. Welcome to the internet. <laughs> it's just the way it is, though. Accurate. Everyone can see everything and, and even the restricted stuff there's so many things that still get through that people are exposed to so oh, it's yeah. just the desensitization of the world that and the people who actually come up with the rating system yeah. at the MPAA are like friends and family of people who are in the industry already yeah. probably yeah. and the amount of dicks <laughs> that we see these days now too yeah it, there was not this many dicks on screen like 10 years ago. They, they, they a lot of for dicks. sure are exploiting that as long as it's flaccid, it flies. Yeah. We've seen the flying flaccid dicks. What? What the fuck? That's a lot of nuts. I, I read an article. This uh, girl was writing the this article that was about the dick revolution. That all the dicks are being shown on screen now. And, it, and she thought it was great, but everything is prosthetic. The actors that are naked on screen aren't showing off their actual dicks. And that's like a correlation to like the women who show off on screen, like show everything. They don't have prosthetics for their fucking yabos and badge. Not usually. <laughs> they get like body doubles and shit. Yeah. Ronnie Taylor Joy's never shown her body. Uh, she had a skin suit on though. Yeah. Yeah, but it was talking about a bunch of new media that has Dixon in there, all like prosthetic, like Euphoria. Um, they talked about the prosthetic dick that's in uh, Pam and Tommy show uh-huh. on Hulu. Yeah. Because obviously, Tommy. What the fuck is it? Pickles. Wiseau. his last name is. <laughs> Tommy Pickles Wiseau. <laughs> Damn it. Apparently, yeah, he has a huge appendage, but. Tommy uh, Lee, isn't it? Tommy Lee. Lee. Yeah. There you go, yeah. And they also said the Kid Cudi from X, which I, I thought was just for comedic comedic relief because it was absurdly huge and was apparently flaccid and was, like, down to his knee. Oh, so not quite basketball status. <laughs> but with all of that, and uh, I'm assuming the Northmen was also the same kind of situation because... Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they were naked. 
I can say that men very much didn't seem like a prosthetic. I would assume that's his real dick. Yeah. They weren't trying to make it, like, complimentary long. <laughs> it just looked like a dick. Sure. I mean, on the other hand, too, it very well could have been a prosthetic. Yeah. Just because of, at least in the, like, when he walked up to the house initially, very much seemed like practical yeah. makeup stuff. And it seemed like he had a lot on because he was rough and beat up. Yeah. I guess. So it could have I, I, blended in a lot more naturally in that scene. I honestly kind of feel like that would go against Alex Garland's point of the movie because Ex Machina had a shit ton of full frontal female nudity. True. And I feel like this was the opposite of that one. They had a shit ton of this just Rory Kinnear naked, but I feel like if he put a prosthetic on the dude, then that would just be drawing another difference between men and women, especially in his own films. I don't know if he would do that. Yeah, it would be kind of propping up that double standard. I don't know. I guess I didn't really want to talk about Rory Kinnear's dick that much, but... Here we are. It's in it enough. It's it's in it a lot. That's a lot of nuts! (sighs) Rory Kinnear's dick was the sixth character. That's a lot of nuts! Because <laughs> there was the lady cop, Harper, the friend, Joffrey, James, and Rory Kinnear's dick. What about naked dude and kid and priest? But yeah. they're all the same person. So you're characterizing just Rory Kinnear's dick? Yeah. So is, is penis another toxic masculine trait yes just i mean just <laughs> just having a penis there's an argument for that <laughs> oh god of course there is there are many men out there that say that that it has a mind of its own that's a dumb person thing to say <laughs> yeah. um yeah i think that's all the talking points that i wanted to get into i think we had some good conversation here and yeah Ultimately, where I land on this movie is I really liked it. It's probably my least favorite of the Alex Garland movies, but that's just yep. because I love the other ones so goddamn much. Yeah. I honestly don't even know if I could pick whether or not I like Ex Machina or Annihilation more. Yeah, same. But Men definitely doesn't land in the same category for me. <sighs> no. And that's no, unfortunate. But the other, like, Alex Garland written movies, I don't think would land higher than Men. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not The Beach... Well, Debs is probably Debs is probably Debs up is there good. with Ex Machina and Annihilation. Yeah, Debs is really good. But that's a that's a series. I don't know. I just think it's flawed specifically because he decided to take it so far in the last act. Yeah. It didn't need to happen that way. I can get like kind of shocking. I'm all for it. Making the point to and then make the audience uncomfortable yeah. for yeah. a few seconds. But he lingered and did it over and over uh-huh. and over again. <sighs> And it just felt uh, exploitative by, like, the third birth. Yeah. yeah. And I just didn't want to watch that shit anymore. Or yeah. literally didn't. <laughs> I don't blame you. I literally couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was too much. I still liked the movie, and I would like to revisit it to catch more of the nuanced and overlooked details. Yeah. I but mean, I'm, I'm not revisiting it anytime soon. I want to go visit that house. <laughs> the house was pretty cool. I wish, like, I really hope that was a real house that they filmed. I, it, had that stuff in. it had I'm to sure be. I'm sure there was a good part of it that was all built set. Yeah. Yeah. But the exterior shots, I'm going to go walk in that house. 
Have you found ground for it? Are you still on the fence about it after we've had our conversation? I think I've decided that I like it, but... Minus the overkill. And I think I just... Up to that point, it was really good. Yeah. I would just really like was. some more some more information. Yeah. It's a movie I, I would consider I would rewatching, but if it. I had an explanation, a better understanding for what the point of all of it was, and then maybe I could appreciate it more. It would benefit from a little more understanding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you feel about the same. Do you like it? I feel about the same way that you did. I was really enjoying it. It was... It was intense. It was intense, and it, it drew me in, and it kept me uncomfortable and uneasy through it, well, up until the I, un- unnecessary I, expulsions. Yeah. <laughs> the story was still very interesting. A lot of horror movies, like, you know, they just keep you... And then and the, all it's all the build-up. Good and then horror you, movies, uh, yes. No, but then there's a letdown. Like, it's pretty common where you're, like, you're really wanting to see what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden you see the bad guy or whatever. And it's just, like, fucking lame. And you're, like, really? I would rather have... <laughs> the, the climax is the letdown. Yeah. But this was, like, I would too rather, much climax. <laughs> yeah. I would rather have that than, like, a full-on 40-person bukkake. I don't think that's the right terminology. No, it is. It was too much. Oh. Oh, that's what you're getting at. Overkill. Like, gross overkill. (laughs) Yeah. Other than that, it was uh, pretty good. That's uh, pretty good. Pretty good. (laughs) Well, we do have a budget. We have no trivia. But what do you guys think the budget was for this movie? Another A24. Alex Garland keeps working with them. Yeah. And why not? Mm, it's not going to be high. Yeah. Really good camera work. I'm sure all of that was shot in the English countryside. All English actors. Oh, English director. Everything is English. Yeah, and the problem with that is I don't know any of those people and their celebrity status in the UK. Yeah. Uh, I have no idea. So that, that could make a difference, but I'm going to go on the lower end anyway. Yeah, I was going to guess pretty low on this one, too. I was going to guess, like, less than 10, probably. Annihilation, I think, had a pretty big budget, though. Yeah. I'm going to yeah, say 10. Big far, actors. Far more. And, yeah, bigger actors. I'm going to say 10. I think it might be less than that. There was not much advertising done. Men, 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 manly men, men, men. I'll tell you, it's not the budget of uh, two and a half men. <laughs> <laughs> Good God, no. A mill an episode. Uh, 16. Are we going another split? That's a lot of nuts! <laughs> Too much. Too high. No, you're actually very close. It was 15 mil. Oh, oh shit. Oh, nice. It was all the CG. Yeah. There was a lot of CG. Cinematography was on point. They must be pretty big actors in England, at least. Uh, that, that, Probably. It was purely the CG part of it for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. A $15 million movie. That's a low-budget horror movie done right. What a fun, wholesome episode for the whole family. <laughs> oh, you funny. <laughs> By wholesome, you mean many holes, then yes. <sighs> Lots of holes. Well, now comes the point where we try to decide what we're covering next month, because this is the end of the Alex Garland month. Yeah. We've covered all of his work, so we can go on to the writing and shit that he's done, but we don't have any weeks left. 
We had to skip one for the great Doctor Strange. And honestly, it felt good to have the week off. Yeah. But this next month, we're going hard. We'll cover probably four movies. But who are we covering? Because every month, we cover someone different. I looked at all the new movies coming out, and some of them definitely stood out. Uh, the top picks for me were The Black Phone. Which, oh, creepy. Oh, creepy. Um, it's not going to have any crowning scenes. So. And well, we assume. Oh. <laughs> if it did, that would... Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the imagery, especially the bike riding at night when it's raining, just... And the cinematography itself just really reminds me of It. Yeah. Yeah. Which I just, I love It. And it's, it's Ethan Hawke and Scott Derrickson is a really good director of some of the most iconic, creepy horror movies that have come out in the last two decades. And so, Exorcism of Emily Rose, Sinister. Black Moon's also based on a book. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't know that. Huh. We're not covering it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also thought you about- could listen to the audiobook. Oh, I guess I could. Oh, well, I was also looking at the crimes of the future or something like that. The new David Cronenberg looks very weird. Yeah, yeah and, real weird. And a lot more likely that there would be a crowning scene in that one. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed a lot more likely based on the trailer in that than yeah. men. Yeah. <laughs> but we realize it's getting an incredibly limited <sighs> release. And by the time it gets a wide release, the big movie of June is going to... Happened yeah. the same week. Jurassic. Jurassic uh-huh. World. Dominion. <sighs> so people are apparently still watching that shit. Yep. <laughs> they yeah. love it. They brought back the fucking originals. That is the only reason that I'm very that I'm any type of interested in watching it. Pretty over fucking Star Lord being in everything. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and you met him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He shook my hand with a greasy popcorn hand. Yeah. That and, was that was an experience. And Bruce still has yet to wash his hand. Didn't it? <laughs> oh, fuck that. No. Like, I'm a fan of his, but... Eh. That was kind of rude. Yeah, it was... Like, he stood up as he was just mashing fucking popcorn into his <laughs> face. It was like... Mm, mm. And just went right back to mashing more popcorn uh, in his fucking oh. face. Like, All dude. The germs. Oh, that was not COVID times then. No, oh, no. <laughs> no. No, Disrespect. Um, the last choice that we had was Spider Head, which is a oh. Netflix movie. So we're not going to have to go out to the theaters, which I kind of like breaking those up a little bit and watching something that comes out on streaming just so that we're not constantly every single month having to go to a Thursday release of a movie. Hence the Adam Project. Yeah. We all work during the week. And the Adam Project was not a letdown. I mean, No, it, was, it wasn't. That's great. So Spiderhead is the one that we decided to cover. Yeah. The director is Joseph Kaczynski. So we were considering, oh, well, you know, we could cover Joseph Kaczynski. He's the director of it. He also did a couple other movies like Oblivion and Tron Legacy. And the movie that's releasing this week, Top Gun Maverick. So he has two consecutive months where he's releasing a movie. I mean, we could have covered the writer as well, Red Reese, which he wrote Zombieland. I mean, we already covered that, but yeah, <laughs> Deadpool, Six Underground. He wrote both of the Deadpool movies. Yeah, I'm he's, sure he's writing the he's got one as well. Quite a pedigree. Yeah, he's worked with Ryan Reynolds a lot. So, but we decided one of the, there's two big 
male characters in this movie, played by Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. Obviously, we all know Chris Hemsworth and his vast filmography (laughs) of primarily superheroes. Yeah. But the name that stuck out to me was Miles. So, Miles Teller, I know I've seen in a lot of movies, and he's always struck me as a really good actor. But I feel like there's still a few movies of his that I haven't seen. And so, for the first month of our entire podcasting career, we're covering an actor instead of a director or director-writer or director-producer. Yeah. I am sticking to my fucking promises. (laughs) And now it'll make sense when I tell you at the beginning of every podcast that we cover directors, writers, producers, and actors. I think he's a good choice, too. Yeah. Yes. So six he's, months in, we finally decided to cover an actor. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's done a wide range of stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah. Except for horror movies. I looked through his filmography trying to find one. Sure. But he's, he's not a, a typecast, one-note kind of actor. Uh, he's just generally talented. Right. For sure. I think he's probably the best in that cast, too. Sorry, Chris Hemsworth. You're kind of a one-trick pony. Oh. <laughs> Is he not? Anyway, next month we're covering Miles Teller. Starting with next week, we will be watching and reviewing... Whiplash. <laughs> Whiplash. I'm sorry. Uh, did you say Whiplash. Whiplash. Whip. Whip. Just throw an H in front of whip. Whip. Say cool. Cool. Say whip. Whip. No, it's wrong. <laughs> it's not whip. All right. It is cool whip. All right, all right. Whip. We're watching Whiplash. <laughs> Which we've all seen, but mm-hmm. it's had an uh, astounding effect from the first time that I watched it. And yeah. I'm hoping to have my second watch be one that I can watch all the way through without having to take a break. <laughs> and I think it's going to be a point of some good conversation. I think the any other Miles Teller's movies that we decide to watch, as well as Spiderhead, will also bring good conversation. Yeah. And we're not just going for one of your basic A-list actors. So, you can come back next week, do your research, as always, your homework, watch Whiplash, Whiplash. And we'll review it next week. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us at beanedubpodcast at gmail.com or on the social medias on Twitter and Instagram. We are at beanedubpod. If you want to leave us a voice message, there's an anchor link at the end of every single description of our podcast. You can sign up for an anchor profile and then leave us a voice message. Do it. That is crazier than this movie. Please do it. Good luck. (laughs) Make an attempt. Just try. And as always, thank you for listening. And peace Good night. I bid you good evening. That's a lot of nuts! (laughs) 